0: So thanks for coming on the show, man.
1: Thanks, uh, man. No worries. Uh, who is Pierre Ishak? I'm a, a Sydney-based guitar player. I play uh, played in heaps of different bands since I was 18. Since I left school when I was at uni, and um, yeah, I just uh, I'm a session guy now. Like I just freelance and yep. I play with whoever wants to hire me. So I do oh, all wow. sorts of things from rock gigs to just you know weddings. I do quite mm-hmm. a bit of weddings now. I do acoustic stuff. So. Just whatever I get hired to play in whatever style, I try to be as versatile as possible to get at the gigs, mm-hmm. so yeah.
2: So, so did you have any inspirations to be a guitar player? Like, was there someone out there who be like, you know, I just want to be a guitar player now and just want to be like your, like who you want to be?
1: When I when I was like, I think six or seven years old, I heard Elvis, uh, my sister had an Elvis CD and I, I didn't know what he looked like, <laughs> but I, I remember loving the music and like listening to this CD she had, and I, like it was it. Like, and then, and then when I look, I saw how he looked, what he looked like. I was just blown away because of, of his charisma and just everything. I just mm. wanted to be like Elvis. Even as a little kid, I used to brush my hair the same. And when I was in like <laughs> primary school, the kids used to call me Elvis. Oh, um, so yeah, uh, Elvis was a huge influence on on music. Not so much like guitar playing, yeah, but um, just. Yeah, just love getting into music. Then I got into the Beatles. I loved like Roy Orbison and things like that yeah. um, in that era.
2: It, that's a great like line of music to start from. Yeah. But like, for you to pick up a guitar, who did you see that was shredding a guitar? Be like, you know, I just want to shred like this guy. It was,
1: it was actually the guitarists, the two main guitarists Elvis had. First, uh, Scotty Moore, who was in the 50s. Oh yeah. I, used to, I just loved the sound. Mm. And it, it really complimented Elvis. And I've always wanted, even now when I play gigs, I, I, I don't like, I don't want to be the main guy. I like backing up like a good singer or just have a really, really hot band, mm. just sit back with it. Um, although I play lead most of the time, but most of the time really I'm I'm playing rhythm and I like backing up people than being like a solo. That's why when people ask me to I oh, do a solo, well, I have to do a solo live and, and you know, guys joke, out, joke around about, me not wanting to do solos because I'm playing solos in almost every song, but I actually just love playing in a band situation, yeah, Than yeah. just me um, showing off, yeah. So, but, but I got that more like from Elvis's, um, uh, yeah, band like Scotty Moore in the 50s and James Burden in the 70s. The first mm-hmm. solo I ever learned was a was an Elvis song, uh, a James Burden solo. Uh, what's the song called? You know, the one that goes, I've never been to heaven. It's a song I did in the in the seventies, but it was something that um, it was just the tone of his guitar, and it wasn't so difficult to play, but it was it was very tasty. So those guys influenced me, although my playing isn't like them like yeah. at all, but I, I I really appreciate their their style of playing. Um, but yeah, my my inf- my guitar influences progressed um, to a completely different style, but it was them who who yeah. got me into music. And and I still love that stuff. I listen to that stuff more than I do, the music I actually play. Although um, you know, it was just yeah. I, I just can't get away from it.
2: Yeah, like yeah. Elvis and all that were the Kings for a reason because they started the sound. And then as years went by, other people like Hendrix and Jimmy Page yeah. was just ripped it. Distortion came involved. Yeah. And then when you came to eighties and nineties, it was like heavy metal bands. And obviously that you've been in heavy metal bands yeah. before. So is there anyone in heavy metal who you've inspired to actually, you know, I'm going to project my playing style?
1: Yeah, well, to... this this is a thing when when I was in uh, I think it was in in year 10, my brother had the Black Album <laughs> a Metallica Black Album and he used to play it and I think he was listening to the Black Album at the time and a, and a live the the band live the Throwing Copper album and I remember he was listening to the Black Album and I kept on saying, oh, what's that stuff? Like, you know, because I was still into the earlier rock music. Yeah. And I remember just getting familiar with some of the songs that he was always blasting out. Mm. And um and and then I really gravitated to the heavier stuff. I really get, got into it. And then I think I was in year 10. I think it was in year 10 where uh, my dad, I had a, an old acoustic guitar. The strings were like that high. My dad got me when I was into the Elvis stuff, I think right after, I think in primary school, I didn't know how to play anything, but I used to muck around with it. But um, it was in year 10 that um, I was getting, my dad bought me just a startup electric guitar, little shoe and uh, like a 200 or $300 package, just a beginner package. And I was supposed to get guitar lessons, it never happened. But um, my brother was gonna buy me the tablature for, Either the Black album or the Thrower Copper album by Live. And he told me choose which one you want, and, and you know the plan was I was supposed to get guitar lessons and start learning the stuff, and I and I could have even either gone like the Live sort of you know rock stuff or the more heavier stuff, mm. and I chose oh, I want the Black album because yeah. it, it seemed more interesting for guitar. So I would say like getting into that like Hetfield Hammett were like the perfect combination. For the tougher music I was getting into. Wow. So, and, for you
3: guys that are just tuning in, we're here on West Underground, and a man that's kind of, you know, been uh, quite, quite involved and active within the music scene tonight on West Underground, we have none other than Paul Ishak, who, amongst many things, has introduced and done pre shows for bands, the likes of Foo Fighters, Kiss amongst others we're here talking about his origin story and what makes him a musician what makes him tick his story we're here with hamish paul and of course Pierre himself we're going to delve a little bit more into what makes his music story interesting and uh yeah thanks for thanks for being here Thanks, and uh look forward to, to some of the the nuggets of wisdoms you can share on on this podcast welcome yeah cheers man
0: so other than that Pierre, yeah, like when you when you uh you know you were talking about we're talking about Elvis and we're talking about Metallica but also what made you you know like you know just want to play the you know the six strings you know because for me I found that you know it was it was a bunch of different things you know that all kind of led up to one kind of eruption and and also you know a bit of time and place but also like for you what when was you when did you have a guitar you know kind of first presented to you?
1: yeah so it was it was the first proper guitar was the beginner sort of it was an odessa it looked like a fender guitar yeah right that my dad bought me and you know he didn't know what he was doing um but he knew i loved guitar yeah and um yeah it was getting into the some of the heavy stuff because it's so guitar orientated so was
0: that more of an like an
1: acoustic guitar no it was an electric oh wow i had an acoustic before but it was unplayable it was like this big and the strings were that that high you couldn't play it but (laughs) It was more like I wanted like to be older. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, But yeah, that electric, I remember learning. Um, I, so I never had guitar lessons, but I learned how to read tabs, which yeah. you know, probably That's how mo- I
2: started. I found tabs a bit easier. Yeah. It took me yeah, one yeah, really. song to learn to know how tabs were like, you know, 13, 13, fret. Yeah. And that's that's the there. cool thing
1: about guitar because you don't really need to learn how to l- read music, like piano and things. I mean, you can pick up that as well. But with guitar, like, you don't really need to know how to read music yeah so tabs is like an easy easy way to, for for people to learn yeah it's all numbers and you just follow follow the numbers but um I didn't even under understand how tabs work but then uh, someone's telling me you just follow the numbers like so if he goes three five seven you just go and then I learned things like pull offs and and hammer-ons mm-hmm. and but um, I remember with that I'm pretty sure I started in year 10 and um, and because I was doing music um. Just sixteen. Yeah, I think I, uh, well, I think 10, was fifteen right. Right. or sixteen, 16 15, yeah, something 16. like that. Yeah, and I remember in music class, I had, a, I had a teacher that was really cool, but she she played piano, and um, I was I was um, I I remember learning the most of the Black album, including the solos on that on that three hundred dollar guitar that I got, and just by reading tabs, and I think it was um, my mum and yeah, family friends used to call me the hermit so i wouldn't leave i wouldn't leave the house like when i was practicing i was just so determined to learn um these songs so i would would, like practice for like 14 hours wow yeah Yeah, so that was the beginning and at school like i was i was always playing at like school assemblies and playing um like you know uh, gospel music and things things like that so i learned how to play chords and um then i learned how to follow like chord structures um chord charts mm. playing a lot of like um religious music like uh okay. gospel songs and, and so i played at the school assemblies and wow. uh, things like That's that cool. so i learned how to play chords so that developed that side of things and then riffs playing like metallic getting into metallica Megadeth. i learned how to play riffs so i've got a good good balance of um music theory without yeah. really knowing it
2: so with a lot of practice, it must have paid off. Cause later in life, you started to join bands, yeah, so. like cover bands. So you, was it you started with the Red Hot Chili, Red Hot Chili Pepper, cover band? So what? How old were you? It actually, didn't
1: then? start with. Oh yeah, actually, it's a, it's a weird, uh, weird story. I was oh so I wasn't in bands yet. I finished, finished high school, and I went straight to uni. I was at I was at Penrith UWS, and um I got into music, but I um. I failed all the music theory subjects. Wow. Well, but dude, I got uh, high distinctions in performance. Yeah, yeah me but, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was the <laughs> opposite. <was>, I was <laughs> good in theory. Yeah.
2: And sometimes in performances. I did bass in high school. So oh, I was playing because yeah. I was kicked off a guitar because it was like mass great guitar. So like, I'll do bass. Yeah. Even though I was a guitar player myself, I did bass for HSC. I, I did myself. But in theory, I used to listen to stuff really well. So theory is really yeah. good. But performance, I just did performance because I had yeah, to fill yeah. in. Well, that, no. Why do you
3: think that is? Why do you think that someone that can be, you know, quite a natural at performance could could struggle with the theory? I'm sure there's lots of people out there now doing courses wondering, how do I make that transition? Like, I might be good at theory, but when it comes to live performance where do I go? What, yeah. what type of advice could you give them? Because that's
2: the excitement. That's what rallies yeah. people together and kind well, of builds up a name. I
1: find people that know how to play well wish they learnt how to read music because mm. it's good to have. Yeah.
2: Well, Paul McCartney couldn't read music and look how he turned. Yeah, it out. Yeah, well,
1: most of the great guitarists, exactly. um, mm. that's the thing with guitar. Like, you find a lot of guitarists actually don't or didn't know how to read music. Mm, we, yeah. we sort you sort of develop theory. Yeah. Um, was a few years, it was probably about three or four years ago I uh, took my first guitar lesson, block of guitar lesson. I took four lessons from a guy called Chris Chris Brooks he's in um uh, Sydney I would say this guy is like the best guitarist in yeah. in Sydney his his technique and his he's just music theory and his technique is is unbelievable it's really really good um Is there any so, way we
3: could hear Chris Brooks like Yeah dad, you can look uh, him up on,
1: on his on social media I might give you a, yeah. a pass on the link he's he's a really good guy to chris Brooks, uh, look yeah. up First. yeah he he actually changed my um way of looking at the guitar like theory wise so i took four block lessons he, he mainly teaches um guys who know how to play but just want to progress or learn um more about um so what he said
0: that he he taught you was it more of like um you know, like uh, going around like the cycle of fears, or so was it more of like yeah. actual meaning yeah. itself, or going no, through like you know through like the scales itself? Yes, like, and, yeah.
1: So we focused on things that I was already doing, but I didn't re- really didn't understand yeah. that I was doing it. Like um, such as, so Apes like or? for example, if I was improvising, I would use scales, and I would naturally know that they're going to work, maybe because I feel and just you know having an yeah, ear yeah. for it. Or, or maybe just over the years developing knowing what would work over like minor scales or, or major scales or yeah but um so he gave me a good insight and showed me sort of um better ways of playing scales that i wasn't playing before i felt like i was a bit stuck with the same old yeah. tricks so
0: he taught you he brought you into the modes i suppose yeah
1: yeah basically yeah, yeah. so um i took four lessons off him and we mainly focused on um uh yeah the theory that i I was already channeling into my playing but i wasn't understanding what i was actually doing um and and he showed me different ways of playing like um the major scale um and things like that and yeah i started slowly trying to incorporate it into my life playing yeah you know in the beginning it was a bit i was trying things that i I usually was out of my comfort zone yeah because i would if i ever had a chance to improvise i would naturally just want to solo or improvise in you know in in patterns and shapes that i was already comfortable with yeah so that was like a huge i felt so much more confident um playing or improvising live than i did before it wasn't as boxed i I could i could move more around the whole fretboard instead of staying in sort of one position and and you know, not progressing from there. But so it would be um,
3: fair to say you don't have like one particular style no, of music, you're no, quite adaptive? No. I mean, is this your guitar right here? From what I yeah. can see, you've got the king yeah. of rock and roll. Well. Some <laughs> yeah. would argue. I mean, yeah, he's, he's done a bit of everything. Like, <laughs> yeah. how has Elvis Presley inspired you in your music journey? Because that's someone we can all kind of relate with. A for bit. the,
1: just the culture behind how cool he was and just... It's certainly Just, cool. Yeah. I've I got a new one coming out. Like exactly like this. Uh, the headstock is shaped slightly like the original yeah, yeah. headstock that I wanted that I own now and they modeled it after that. Like and, an ESP style or like a... Yeah. Well, this is sort of like a original like uh, Jackson, Kramer guitars yeah, yeah. Um, and ESP. So this is based on the ESP lawsuit headstock and then ESP had to change the cup. To look like this because they were going to get sued by jackson back in the days yeah so every esp that's shaped like this has the the cutoff like that instead of like that so my 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 custom because they were my like dream shaped guitars i've always been into shred guitars i yeah. I, I wish i could play like gibsons as good as some guys that are really good at playing with this too heavy for me like to well, play like i think
0: Pierre, I think, yeah, you're doing pretty good at
2: yeah you know? <laughs> so um later in life how you went to cover bands and, and all that so yeah so from there did you think you're like you know what this could be a really good lifestyle you could so, really have is it man, is, it's more than a hobby you know what I,
1: I was like every other kid leaving high school and all i wanted to do was be in a band yeah. and mm. and just play music because yeah. i love playing music um so I finished high school, went straight to mu- straight to uni. I was doing music there. And um in the whole I was uh, in the whole year we had it was me and two other guys, three metal heads in the whole year. Everyone else was a classical that, musician. Yeah, that's,
2: that's normal. I went from high school like, yeah. <laughs> like Oh, what are you playing all this old music for? I'm like, oh just wait. <laughs> I, I remember
1: doing music performances and you know, you had uh violin players and classical piano players and I remember I remember this violin player performing just before my performance, and yeah. it was really, really nice. And then the three songs I chose to perform was um, a band <laughs> called Death. Um, <laughs> and I played a song called Trapped in the Corner. And I think the lyrics, I think the first line is, I wanna watch you die. I was and then I played it. Not morbid at all. Not morbid at all. No. And then I made up by playing like a Steve Vai so oh, I played that, uh, For the Love of God, yeah. I remember what the last one was
0: well i went to your uni and what i found was interesting is like what you're talking about now where you kind of have this you know influence of like jazz and classical musicians kind yeah. of come through the uni and i kind of found myself in the same position where like you're like Fuck, who are the you know who are the rock guys here like where yeah. where, where is my place in this kind of <laughs> you know in this kind of world and you it, know what's it, funny
1: it's 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 so funny because you 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 easily find each other on the first day. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's usually the the three guys that have long hair, <laughs> and uh, usually true. the guys <laughs> that are um, I feel left out. <laughs> yeah, <that> was <laughs> It was so easy to find that. I think we we found our group before there were any other pockets of groups in our yeah, yeah. in our year. It was uh, which was good, and they got me into like we all got each other into different things. But I started getting into like power metal bands. Um, like uh, Stradivarius, yeah, uh, yeah. Hammerfall, Ed Guy, things like the European, really cheesy, high-pitched, mm-hmm. sort of like Iron Maiden on steroids. Um, but after that, I, I remember being at uni and I was standing in line. I can't remember what was we standing in line for to like the administration office. And I was with a mate of mine and the line was massive. And I go to him, uh, I've seen, do you remember Drum Media magazines? Yeah,
0: like a while ago now. Yeah, okay. yeah.
1: I remember i like man wait in line i'm gonna go get a drum media magazine and uh i was i went and picked it up and i was looking through the drum media and you know i was, I was looking up you know musicians wanted and you know bass players blah, 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 guitarists and i saw an ad saying um uh kirk hammett wanted for a metallica tribute band i like oh because i wasn't in the band yet i'm like oh i can do that and then um i remember calling the guy and Saying, oh yeah, we're getting this Metallica tribute band together. Do you know, um, do you know the songs? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know the songs. And he gave me like, um, I think five songs to learn. I, I already knew them. I knew the, that. Most good of the That's a good step forward. Yeah, yeah, that's a good step forward. But I remember like, like he wouldn't get back to me. Like, I, like, oh yeah, yeah, we're getting together. And months went by, and I just kept on handing him. I just wanted yeah, to play, yeah. you know. And um, and that went on for a while, and then finally, I think he just got sick of me, and then he goes, all right, he organizes like an audition. And I came in and um I remember walking in and the drummer was setting up and he looked like a full on bikey man. I like I thought I was gonna get rolled. Or walk in, he's setting up his drums. It was just me and him. And then the singer walked in. We had no bass player then. Yeah, yeah. Um or or we weren't auditioning a bass player then. But um so we we played I think five five or four or five songs and then yeah, he said, like, Oh yeah, you we you got it, man. And then we had another rehearsal of a bass player and um so yeah, we were rehearsing for a while. And we were just learning. We we're just practicing all the old school Metallica songs, and then this guy I was playing with um, had re- he used to run tribute bands and cover bands, and he had he had a Red Hot Chili Peppers show, um, an established one, and another cover band, and um, but he was doing this Metallica thing. So we we're focusing on rehearsing with that. And then I remember one day he his guitarist something happened with his guitarist it was his guitarist quit or, or something like that. And then um, I think it was a Sunday night or Monday night. He goes, um, you got to learn the Chili Peppers set and the cover set because That's they right. used to do a whole set of covers as, as a support thing and then a whole like a 90-minute tribute show, yeah. Chili Peppers. And the, and the gig was at Scruffy Murphy's. Oh, uh, Scruffy's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The oh, Scruffy's. Yeah, yeah. And this was like, Fifteen years ago, man, or sixteen years ago, Scruffies was like all night, man. Like it was, mm. they were crazy. No lockout, yeah. No lockout. It was just, it was just crazy. It's just different can, now. Yeah. Like, it's your just,
0: favorite pop, I think.
2: Popper. Oh, it used to be my massive pub. I was there like before it shut down, and it came yeah. back now. But oh, I was there like it's a bistro upstairs now, but it's yeah, different yeah. now than you. And I was, I was getting ten dollar jugs of snake bites, yeah. like <laughs> a Irish pub now yeah oh man i'm just happy it's back it's op- it's actually open now oh is it it's back it's uh, back uh, it to scruffy, scruffy same place oh wow lockout like laws have been lifted too yeah it's right? so yeah. There, that's why yeah. the guy came back because i want to reopen scruffy's wow. and it's very open yeah, nice. now so they do karaoke if you need do karaoke you notes know, on mondays as well No. Oh, wow. Yeah. so if you ever want to look at yeah, scruffy's yeah. and go yeah. back you go back there. <laughs> that's a while, wild <laughs> times of scruffy Murphy's.
1: yeah, yeah so he, he calls me up and he goes you got to learn all these songs i've got no guitarist my guitarist is gone and uh, i had two days to learn um a 45 minute set of covers. I think it was like 12 or 13 songs and a 90 minute set of red hot chili, chili pepper songs. I had two days to learn. Like, yeah, what's that? Like an hour, or not, two, hour, not, over two not, hours, over two hours or They're not easy so, to learn as well. And I was familiar with some of them, but getting the structures down and getting the tones and getting, like, you know, just learning the riffs and the chord chord progression. I remember having um, two days, and every morning he would, he would, Call me up, wake me up, and say, "Get up, it's time to play." And like I'd be cramming all these songs, and then he picked me up on a Wednesday night, and we went down to Scruffy's and just played, um, you know, a whole set of covers and, and a whole tribute show of, of Chili Peppers. I wasn't—I oh, loved the Chili Peppers, but I wasn't familiar with all their no, stuff. Yeah. So that's how I got into playing in tribute bands, right. and then I started doing the Metallic show with him after that. Right. So. That's
3: crazy, mate. That sounds insane. I mean, speaking of OOTD, Paul, I got a question for you, mate. That. That T shirt there. I mean, it's a bit offensive to some. I mean, something's seriously about that. Who, who is this man on your shirt? Dave Eastgate. Like, I'm just tell us a little bit about so, him. Is there any relation? Yeah, there's a the lot of why? there's, why there's a big relation that? between
2: Pierre and Dave Eastgate. So <laughs> Dave Eastgate is an Australian musician, songwriter, actor. So he's been a Home and Away. He's been on X Factor. You know the guy who interviews the people on the street, and a interviews of the people spot here and there. Yeah, so it's something you'd probably be recognised with. Okay. Yeah, so he—he's well he, known. Oh, he is in the Australian industry. Yeah, very big, well known. Yeah, he's done so, a lot of sketches with different people, like Sting and yeah, Sting. Yeah. Um, he's been on a lot of TV shows in Netflix as well, and he's done his own thing. Um, so what, what happens? He's put a karaoke band together. Frank is Pizza Butter Slice, which he used, to
3: play which play he's or play, or No, he still just is. So the question—the
2: question is, how did Davies get find you? Find a talent. So you got Pierre. You've got blake on bass and you got andrew on the drums yeah because uh, i wish re- to research him that this band was before the current three members yeah so i just wonder how did he find these new three so
1: dave and i met each other before we even knew we were going to play in the band together we met each other at a metallica concert oh, and wow. Yeah. I know it's a funny story. And just in the crowd backstage. Yeah, what Dave? So,
2: so what happens? I think he thought it was Kurt Hammett. So Dave was <laughs> like, "Oh, this Kurt Hammett. Why is he in the crowd instead of on the?" i, t- and I tell like... you,
1: man. It's, it, uh, <laughs> we still laugh about it because I, I made him when I went to the Metallica concert, and we made our way to the front, and um, there was like a VIP section. Um, where where the roadies and stuff were, and there was all these like sort of Australian celebrities and things like that. And Dave Eastgate was one of the guys in the oh, in, wow, the, in really? the VIP section. Oh, you yeah, know, right. he was right near the guys, and and I remember when the concert, we, my, the guy I was with and myself we just gone nuts throughout the whole oh, headbanging and just you know screaming the whole time. And Dave and I made a connection. We looked at it because I obviously knew out of all the guys in in the VIP section. Um, he was the only one that was like into Metallica, oh. into metal, and he was just headbanging. He was wearing an old school metal metal shirt. You used still have the long curly hair
0: back then?
3: Well, yeah, I, I, I'm, pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I had long
1: hair then too. But um, so we 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 took a notice of each other, and um, there were moments where we we got up to the fence and, he, and we were headbanging. I remember like Natalie and Bruni was oh, was, yeah. was oh. there, and I remember I remember saying. Nah, nah, she turned around like smiling, thinking I want a photo or something. I like, move, move. Like a, <laughs> Because she was in the way, like every time Kirk came down the to, to do a guitar yeah. swap or or she was just in the way and like she was just standing yeah. and just Mate, and, to that to tell Natalie to step aside. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was a <laughs> it moment. Was but, but um So Dave and myself, yeah, we we connected that night and <laughs> I remember Lars being nearby and, and and Dave heard this and he he finally like took a notice of me and I I said the dumbest thing I could ever have said the most cheesiest thing and yeah, it's, more it's more one more of those moments <laughs> where like wow did I really say that? Okay, Lars, Lars, and he looked at me oh. mate, and like. That, I, I pause and I'm like, the we're the Metallica tribute show. And I'm like, oh, oh man. Then Dave and I still laugh at it. I can't believe I said that. But he had a really funny moment with Lars too. And mm. he he could probably tell you the embarrassing story that happened with him at a at an after party with Metallica. But um, yeah, so we met. And then I think, I don't know how long after, like maybe six months or a year after, I went down to with a mate of mine Andy and we'll, we'll who who used to play bass in Dave's band and oh, I've played yeah. um, in bands with Andy for years and he's one of my best mates and um, we went down to Frankie's one night I can't remember who was playing and he was there and you know Andy introduced us and you know as a story we went down down you know that was the fun house no well yeah. actually outside and we'll just talk it was Andy uh dave and myself and we're just talking about different things and yeah i had no idea about you know him needing a guitarist then but then we we'll, we're talking about you know different music and metallica and then we'll, we got onto the topic of that metallica concert and and then he was telling his you know stories about that night at, when they came out last and i was telling stories and my mate andy's in the middle and he's sort of like following and then me and I was telling him, yeah, and I saw this guy and he was headbanging, we were headbanging. He's like, yeah, and there was these two crazy dudes that were going nuts. And uh, as the story went on, we're like, oh, it, um, it, it just reached a, a climax of, and my mate's like smiling. He's thinking, these guys do not get it. These guys are the guys who are at the concert. We're, we're both talking, yeah. I was talking about him and he was talking about these two lunatics yeah. at the yeah. concert. And then in the end, we we, we paused and at the same time we go that was you it's like that was you and that that was our that was our wow, real yeah. uh like first connection since that time when we really didn't yeah. know each other so yeah. we were acquaintances then wow. and then it was um i think Frankie's uh um wanted to do this um hard rock karaoke night mm. and and Dave had to put a, a he didn't have a band at the time he had Andrew who was playing drums before for him and i knew Andrew and um I remember i was going to europe for for i think a month Mate, you've and, been everywhere yeah <laughs> <laughs> i remember Gosh. andrew calling me up it wasn't actually dave it was andrew calling me up and he goes um Rara, i would um we're putting this um hard rock heavy metal band together mm. at frankies and um would you be interested in, in playing like playing guitar because we want to like play heavy metal and, and you know rock I said, yeah, man, but I'm, I'm going to Europe in a week's time for like four weeks. He goes, oh, cool. This thing starts in six weeks, <laughs> oh, perfect something timing. like that. And, um, yeah. so yeah, so that, that's how it happened. So when I got back from Europe, I had a plague guitar in like five, five weeks. And, um, yeah, we just, we put a list of songs that we we all knew that weren't like you know Blink One Eighty Two and things yeah, like that. So like, just it was cool a song. great
2: talent, just the talent in a band. Like you got Blake on bass, yeah. You on guitar, and then you got Andrew on drums, yeah. You guys can play anything. You guys, yeah. and you got I Dave. Also. Yeah, was man. that
1: the original lineup as well? No. So Dave they, had a band before. Yeah. yeah. So he was playing um,
0: on TV shows. With, no, but like as the first like Frankie. Oh yeah, yeah, that was yeah. it.
1: So it was a it was a brand new lineup except for Dave and Andrew, the drummer. Yeah. So, Blake and myself were, like, the the additional guys yeah. and, and before, like, we started this thing at Frankie's. Oh, so right. yeah. I've been to Frankie's myself. They do, like, a little
3: karaoke kind of session. Yeah, that's here. every yeah. issue. So you, yeah. like, that's jam with guy. the randoms that come yeah, yeah. and stuff? Yeah, so, like, yeah. So, you yeah. Blind, so that, that...
2: can go to Frankie's and they might be jamming with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, well that's... for example, we had Rolf McManus on... Singing karaoke with on that. a Tuesday a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Say hi to your for me. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. it, yeah. yeah, had yeah, a rocket. Yeah, there's been a few big, big names yeah, to turn up. We on got karaoke. to
1: play with like heaps of, heaps of bands. Wolf Mother. Yeah, Wolf Mother. Wolf Mother. Yeah. We played with Cheap, Cheap Trick there. We got to play with Exodus. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, just a of band. We played with Steel Fan. Even
2: people from June Rats came on the stage just to see yeah. as you got June Rats as well.
1: We, yeah, we've had heaps
2: of yeah. like. I had bands that I. Andrew, I didn't even Andrew Stockdale know. from Wolf Muppet, was yeah. there too. There's a picture of you guys and Andrew Stockdale yeah, yeah. on the steps inside the back room of Frankie's just yeah. after a Tuesday night. Yeah, so from like, there we started, we started. We started sort
1: of. Andrew, um, Blake, and myself put a, another band together just to play some fun rock covers that weren't like hard rock or anything. Um, it was
2: a Black Star? Yeah, so we did yeah. that for
1: a bit. That was, that was, so that we was doing gigs cool. here and there with that, but. Um, yeah we 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 backed up we did a abc show thing with um ella hooper from killing heidi oh, and um we we played what's that song i uh, can't remember it the... can turn the app on if you want yeah, yeah it, was a, it, was, it was the a big hit but that was for an abc thing so they picked us up from like frankie's from seeing us play yeah. there and yeah we, so we did we've done some cool shows with dave mm. um at the Factory Theatre and things like that. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah so, mate.
3: Like as we come to a close, it's clear to me and clear to us that you've had a wealth of experience in the music industry, and you and I think you're only just getting started as well. Like when you look at your whole career so far, from you know being a tenth grader to now, and I mean we can ask a couple more questions, but I think this is a good closing mm-hmm. question. What has been the highlight for your music Ooh. career? And why? I know it's a big question. takes
2: some time, but.
1: Man, the it? highlight would be just uh love playing music and go on to a, like play gigs for a job yeah. and play with play music with guys that i love seeing on a social level but i get to play music with them and hang with them like all night and go away with them yeah. and things like that like um,
0: um, Aaron and Pierre, can i just stop you there and i just want to ask one more question as well yeah, sorry Pierre, but uh what would you tell you know the you know the 15 year old pierre that wants to pick up guitar for the first time and play what would you what advice would you give him to you know kind of succeed you know in like nationally and internationally as a guitar player
1: i would say just um if you're inspired by music just just keep at it like a practice i would say practice get good good enough yeah so if you want to make music a living i would say don't focus on one style of music or you know yeah try to be as versatile as you can play different styles of music because if you want to get work and, and and to get gigs these days it's it's really hard and as much as you may have really really good technique you probably if you're going to play covers and things like that um you're probably going to be boxed into playing certain covers that you're locked into playing because venues won't they don't want to hire bands that are playing Slayer and things like that. And if you're doing originals, I would just say write music that uh, that you're happy listening to or you're happy playing. That whatever whatever thats that is that you're into, just just pursue that. But um, yeah, if you want to make music like a living, it's hard doing it with with originals. But I wouldn't say that should stop you. But yeah, if you want to do it as a as a, a career and you know live off it just try to be as versatile as you can otherwise you're not going to you know if you have to wear wear a suit to do a wedding then then you know just depends how how far you want to go because you may do a gig that you that you had to put a lot of effort in but you'd never play those songs again like that happens all the time I'd I'd spend like a week learning a whole set of R&B songs that I've never played R&B songs before but I'd spend a week learning these songs and I'd play one wedding because I'm playing R&B songs and then all of a sudden like you get another R&B song uh, R&B gig towards the end I'm not an R&B player but like if if, you can do it but I I can do enough to get it done so and I try to get the sounds right the structures and you know just learn different just learn different styles I used to only want to play you know the same old song, but but I thought about it and you know you don't get all the gigs and if you want to expand and be like a like a a session guy or um i don't know i'm just freelancing now and i've i've actually loved doing because i was boxed into the same bands for 15 years yeah, wow. and i was just playing the same circuit and every now and then there was a really really cool thing that came up but I was, I was playing the same songs and you wanted to expand sometimes you just want to play something a little bit different so you know first time i had to learn boys to men on guitar yeah, yeah, <laughs> i found yeah. that harder than playing like the rock songs because yeah. it's so different yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know and i used to have the mentality when i was younger like oh i would never play that but you know what i would i would i would play it because it's actually really really challenging playing styles that you think are are not you know technical or whatever but they're actually quite challenging mm-hmm. so i would say try to be as versatile as you can you want to do you want to get gigs well yeah um, mate
3: I, I think it goes without saying unfortunately I mean we could talk about this all day mm. um, you're a very talented man we heard you playing earlier from Hamish Paul myself the the West Underground audience mate it's been an absolute pleasure having you on board Thanks, for mate. anyone that wants you know book you for future gigs and stuff where can we find you on like Instagram
1: yeah you can You find me on Instagram at Pierre Ishak 11 um, or email, I'll get an email, M-E-T underscore show at HOMEL. Work this uh, man, guys. Walk yeah. this man. Yeah, if, you, if you need someone to play, yeah, I'll yeah.
2: play. Cheers. Cheers, Pia, for coming on. Thanks,
1: boy. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for the beginning. Cheers. cheers. <laughs> right, Thank you good. Go, very much. Job. Cheers, man. Mm. Woo! Give Great. us a cheers. cheers <laughs> <Everything good laughs>